Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Yes, for one last time here in January. Well, actually, maybe not. We might have one more show left in the month of January, actually. But we have, we have Monday, bro. Yeah, we have Monday. Monday's show. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm overstepping my bounds. I'm sorry. But for one last Friday in the month of January, we are with you. I am Andrew Coppins. He is Mr. Pat Oni. And this is the Friday Fish Fry edition of the show. We're going to start with the best and worst of the week. And um, I have a confession, Pat. What'd you do? I'm in a jovial mood for once on a Friday. Normally, wait, these shows put me wait. in a very dark place because wait. we are researching stuff for the fryer, right? And it just reminds me of how insane the week has been. But so, so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, mm-hmm. You're in a jovial mood. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I have things in here that will ruin that for you today. So that's why we're going to start with our best of the week, Pat. <laughs> Okay, so my best of the week is actually a video. And and I'm just going to play it and I'm going to ask for your comment later. Are you ready? Hit me with it. Ever since I was mass produced in a factory, people have been trying to put labels on me. Nutrition labels, expiration dates, telling me I was biologically chocolate on the inside. But deep down, I knew I wasn't who they said I was. I was. I am a Skittle. Part of moving forward is accepting responsibility for your past. The people at Mars Inc., they weren't bad people. They were just ignorant. They thought they knew what candy I was just because they knew my exact chemical composition. But we are not our biology. We're holding ourselves accountable 
for the way in which accurate product descriptions caused hurt and pain to the trans candy community. I, I just woke up one day and realized I am not defined by the chocolate center I was made with. I am, and always was, a delicious grape Skittle. And I'm proud of it. So, Mars has committed to never again assigning an identity to the candy we produce. Instead, we'll let each candy decide for himself or herself or Skittle self who they really are. Yes, that is my best of the week, Pat. Why? Um, that's the Babylon B, Pat. I, I know. I did this story earlier this week. Why? <laughs> because it's absolutely hilarious. And number two, um, there's a section that I cut out um, where it talks about um, it, it's nuts. Um, there's a there's a section that I cut out uh, because of time, um, but I know so many people who I have sent that video to who believe that that thing is real. <laughs> because why, Pat? Could you or could you not see Mars Incorporated? come up with that as a real thing for them explaining the demystifying of the gender of M&Ms. Well, considering they've, they've uh, <clears throat> made some changes to some of their characters recently. Um, right. Yes, so, I could. so exactly. Could you, could you not see this actually being a thing that they would produce? I mean, they wouldn't be able to do skills themselves because, if, correct me if I'm wrong, they don't own skills. Um, I'm not totally sure on that, but let me uh, let me just double check on that. Uh, I don't I don't think they do. Well, we're uh, we're checking here. Nope, it is a division of Mars Inc. Oh, oh is it? Okay, mm -hmm. well then, never mind. It's marketed by the Wrigley Company, which is Mars Inc. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so um, yeah, no, could totally see them doing this. Um, I would think it's hilarious. I mean, here's the thing, though. Can you also see them like because they, you know, having different candies identify as different candies now? Can't could you not see them just to screw with people? Almost putting in like random Skittles into an M and M's bag. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious, but do you realize how rude that would be? Because you're expecting chocolate, and all of a sudden you get something sour. Trans candy, Pat. Mm -hmm. Imagine that, just a handful of M&Ms, and all of a sudden you're just eating, eating chocolatey goodness, and then, ow, oh no, Skittles. Which, by the way, Pat, brings up a good question. Yeah. If you could be a candy bar, what candy bar would you be? Ooh. And why? See this? Oh, I'm torn. Because there, so there's there's two I would have it narrowed down to. And I, I definitely lean towards um, Reese's. 
Okay. Um, simply, simply for the fact that it is absolutely my favorite. Just because it's your favorite doesn't mean that it represents you. Oh, so so if we're gonna take that out of it and it represents me. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a Kit Kat. Why? Give me a break, bro. But the candy itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I guess... I don't I mean, know that I'll I accept have, Kit Kat. I'm just curious right, as to no, how understand, that would represent you. I don't know. I don't know that I have a particular reason why, but it's the closest thing that I can think of that 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 probably would because I'm like, yeah, like Milky Way Snickers. I don't even like those, so I'm not not feeling that. And I I just for whatever reason. Oh, you know what? I take that back. I take it all back. Just a Hershey's milk chocolate bar. I'll tell you why. I'm traditional. See, I would have gone. I would have picked the uh, Cadbury for you. Oh, I hate Cadbury. Not the egg. See, you were on the right oh. track. Uh-huh. See, the most popular candy in the country of Ireland is the Irish Cadbury chocolate. Dude, I'm American though. Look at yourself, Pat. I know. I look like something out of Ireland because I have an Irish heritage, but no, I'm American. Okay. Therefore, Hershey's it is. All right, fine. See, I would go with a Snickers. Yeah, see for myself. A little bit nutty, a little bit chewy, and satisfying to the end. I don't know about that last part, but all right. Uh, uh, Mrs. Coppins would uh, would, uh, (laughs) beg to differ, Pat. I can't believe you went there. Uh, did, did I ever tell you why I hate Snickers? Is it the peanuts? No. Is it because again it's it satisfies to the end? No. Why? So I once took a a family vacation with my dad, my stepmom, my grandparents, and my stepsister. Okay, we went to Cal- Northern California, Oregon, and Washington on a twelve day hiking trip. Oh, dear God. Uh, slash camping trip. Oh, dear God. Uh, you're right. Um, during this trip, it was a toss-up between fast food, like when we were on the road traveling from place to place, and then the freeze-dry food that we bought from... Um, I can't remember where we bought it from, sure. but it, was, it wasn't that great. So the best food we had, generally speaking, on the trip, and we played blackjack with for funsies, was Snickers. I had so much Snickers on that trip that I hate Snickers. It's kind of like the the first time you throw up from drinking. Uh-huh. Whatever the heck you drank last, 
you can't stand the smell of it, the sight of it, the the taste of it for years to come. Right. Right. And, and, and I should I should say I don't really hate Snickers per se. I'll eat it if like there's like nothing else. But it's just it's never my it's always my my last choice. Yeah, I thought about a Butterfinger as well. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I think Snickers is a is a good representation of of Andrew Coppins. Many layers. But all good. Anyway, moving on to our worst of the week, Pat. Um, why don't you go first in the worst of the week? Wait, did you not want my best of the week? Oh, I yeah, I suppose. I mean, can you yeah. top my best of the week? Yes, I actually can. Are you I sure? Can. Yes, I can. It, and by the way, Pat, um, you know, uh, so our friend and, and guest of this program, Steve Dace, brought up something yesterday. In regards to this video. Uh-huh. Can you imagine working at the Babylon Bee right now? How difficult your job would be? You're always trying to top yourself. No. You're trying to figure out how to make something satirical that is likely to happen in real life. Like, seriously, this is a prime example of this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if they didn't create this before Mars Inc. put something out, do you think Mars Inc. would have put something out? The answer to that question, and the only answer is yes. Could this or could this not have been a commercial oh, that they would have put out during the if Super If I Bowl? hadn't seen this before, if I hadn't seen this before, I might have thought it was a real thing. Because the whole point of the Babylon Bee is to be satirical, right? Right. How can you make satire out of the insanity that is going on? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like even if you came up with the most bat nuts crazy thing to become satirical over, chances are it's going to happen. I mean, that's true. Th- that's make that makes your job extra difficult. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really good point. Like, how many of us have said, man, I would love to work there. Man, I would love to to write for the Babylon Bee. I got this. And then you go, wait, that actually is happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man alive. Now, Pat, uh, your best of the week. My best of the week. Okay. My best of the week comes out of Marvel, actually. Of course um, it is, you nerd. Shut up. Um, Marvel actress Evangeline Lilly comes out against vaccine mandates. Nobody should ever be forced to inject their body. Now, if you've paid attention to anything that's that's Marvel over the last several years, it's pretty woke. For the <laughs> yeah, you think? I mean, Gina Carano is now at the Daily Wire producing content for them. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, um, because she's not woke enough, this is, this is, this is my best story of the week because one, it's refreshing to see a Marvel or an actress that plays a Marvel character come out against something that is as woke as jabs for everybody, triple jabs for everybody. And also she's hot. Really bad, but she's hot. Really Pat. Really? 
That's that's the road I'm going down. Yeah. With that, your worst of the week. You want my worst of the week? All right. So speaking of uh, <clears throat> Mrs. Pat. Oh no. What what what'd you do to to tick off Mrs. Pat? Uh. Well, let let me explain. If you're explaining you're losing, Pat, how many times do I have to tell you this? If you're explaining that, you're losing in life well, and definitely in marriage. So last see, night. See, what, what what had happened was. Last night, uh, Mrs. Pat came home and she was already pissed off. And it's, you know, been a rather stressful week. The. Uh, School board in her district has changed her schedule multiple times this week, and it's just kind of made things very, very frustrating. And all of this is due to everything COVID-related, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in in the in the state, what they're doing right now is they're trying to. There, there are two bills that are going on. One's in the House and one's in the Senate, but they're both fairly similar to each other. Um. <clears throat> She comes home. She tells me about House Bill that was sponsored by Representative Jordan Tusher, um, requiring teachers to post their curricula, class syllabi, and associated learning materials for use of students' instruction. Um, and then the the House Bill actually comes just a day after uh, Senator Lincoln Fillmore made changes to a Senate bill that had similar requirements. And then in the Senate bill. Um, which passed committee last night, by the way, um, would require teachers to put items online for 30 days to allow parents to review and possibly object to anything that they find. However, it would not require teachers to post the say some to post some of the materials, such as a poem they read in class or news article or a current uh, on current event news events. Um, however. Um, <clears throat> His bill would have have districts set up a process to review those materials. So Mrs. Pat's upset because, you know, she's a teacher. And most of this stuff doesn't really affect her because she's a home ec teacher and she teaches foods and sewing. That That's what she teaches. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, like the, there's a teacher shortage already. She's already, she already feels overworked and, to have to put your lesson plans up for 30 days in advance, which she does put her lesson plans up online anyway for parents to see. Um, but she's like, things change within 30 days all the time. And I, I'm like, okay. And then, so she, then she proceeds to hand me this petition that she had signed from the UEA, which might as well be a mini NEA. That's exactly and, what it is. It is the Utah, um, affiliate of the national educators association yes right so she proceeds to hand me this and they lay out the reasons why they object to it and um one of the which is that they resented these people like not treating them as professionals and never having set foot in the classroom and trying to make decisions without actually consulting an actual teacher um and in fairness to them neither the senator or this representative are teachers they are lawyers i believe um, by trade. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that a politician right. is a lawyer. Right, right. So um I just uh so I I I had I had I hashed it out with her and I said, look, like I understand what, what you're saying and I understand that there are 
a lot of imperfections with this belt. The biggest thing that I have an issue with with both of them is that I'm like, why are we using more government to influence education? And these people are supposed to be conservative, first of all. So what's the whole big idea of using more government to solve a problem? That seems kind of ridiculous in of itself. I said, however, I understand what they're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. um, because there have been some bad teachers that have made this, you know, a, a thing. And she's like, well, so you're going to punish all good teachers for a few bad teachers? She's like, how would you feel if someone came and told you how to do your job and punished you because somebody else did something stupid? And I'm like, that's a fair point. It happens However, all the time. It's called licensure. Right. Um. I'm like, all oh, of that's a fair point, but but here's the thing. I'm like, something has to happen here because what what what's the process now? How how do you how do you weed out these bad teachers? It's like, well, the district and the principals are you know are supposed to be able to figure this out, and I'm like, but you just said that they don't have time, and they don't and they don't have the the money or the resources to mm-hmm. do it. And I'm like, so how do you solve it? She's like, well, you just said it. We need more money, and no one wants to do that. I'm like. Do you see the problem here? I'm like, I, I, I understand like why this like parts of this bill are bad, but I also can't sign this petition. Yeah, and that that set Mrs. Pat off. Oh, that pissed her off. So you 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 didn't have any Sammys made for you for the weekend? No, thankfully dinner already happened. Ah, uh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay, so this this makes my worst of the week because I don't like the idea of more government being involved with this, um, yeah. and I wanted to do something different it, than, than what we usually do. Yeah, and to your to that point, Pat, I think you know when you're trying to correct a problem that's been created by government by creating more government, it's right. always bad. You're doing it wrong. It doesn't matter if it's coming with an R behind its name or a D behind its name. It doesn't matter. Not one bit. Not one scintilla does it matter. I I will say this. She did. She did agree with me that, you know, teachers do need to be put in check and that, you know, there needs to be more transparency within the classroom. Um, especially for certain subjects anymore. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, this is in the wake of CRT and teachers, you know, influencing their politics on the kids and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, this is, this is all in the wake of that. And I'm like, I'm sorry that you're in the crossfire of it all. Yeah, absolutely. It, I just, as you sent me these stories, I, I get why or where the the intention is right the intention as you've mentioned is to try to wrestle control from leftism right right that's really what's going on here is to quote unquote take back the schools but is this the answer no 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 in in creating in to your wife's point Creating more paperwork, creating more bureaucracy, creating more of these things necessitates more money, more right. time, more everything. And we're already here in the United States of America spending more per, per pupil on education than anywhere in the world. 
and we are getting less result for it on anything that matters. Sure, we are great at you know putting trans activists and woke warriors all over the globe. We're we're fantastic at that. But being woke doesn't put bread on the table. Being woke doesn't allow you to interpret a spreadsheet or know how to do data work or code or drive a truck or do anything other than bloviate. Both of us do other things than bloviate every single day. So I, I just I just struggle with what is the answer, right? Because I get right. the, the problem they're trying to solve for, right? What is the actual answer to this? I think the actual answer is this. You hold the school board accountable as parents. Get your asses on the school board. And most importantly, pay attention. Ask your students to, to bring home the syllabus. Ask your students to bring home textbooks. Ask, ask your student, if you are a parent in that school, any school in America, you have to be a vigilant parent. And don't be afraid to use that parent-teacher conference time to confront those teachers. Right. And most importantly, the biggest lesson, you see something you don't like, you say something about it. Or you do something about it, and that something is take their asses out of the school. How many times do we have to say that, Pat, right? How many times do we have to go through this, this concept that you have to be a vigilant parent when it comes to being involved in your child's education. You cannot sit on the sideline anymore. And this is not a matter of politics. This is a matter of what are we actually trying to accomplish when we are, quote unquote, educating the student, right? Because the reality of it is we might not even agree on what the definition of education of our student is. And maybe that's where we have to start. And it's time for me to get to my worst of the week. And we're going to stay in the realm of education, Pat. Kind of, sort of, maybe. Okay. If there is a school district that is more infamous in the country than Loudoun County in Virginia, I don't know where that would exist. Right? More I infamous. Don't I don't. Yeah. Well, um, this could be something that we would put in the fryer and um, we are going through some changes in how we are going to present you the fryer um, and that will really kick into gear next week but watch our rumble page by the way you can go to rumble.com backslash critical thinking hit the subscribe button um, but each and every week we're going to give you the fryer um, where we take the worst of the week and the the insanity of the week put it in the fryer and and let it go but the headline loud and rapist removed from sex offender registry after county board member says he's the victim. Now, remember how all of this kind of blew up in August, right, of this, this yeah. past year? Uh -huh. And it was really because of the Daily Wire's reporting on not just CRT, 
but on their cover-up of the 15-year-old double rapist. Right? Uh-huh. Well, <clears throat> on the heels of a juvenile court judge ruling to place the now 15-year-old boy in Loudoun County, Virginia, who sexually assaulted at least two students in separate high schools onto the sex offender registry for life, that ruling has now been revoked. <clears throat> Quote, what? This court made an error in my initial ruling, Loudoun County Judge Pamela Brooks said in announcing her decision, as WTOP News reported. The court is not vain enough to think it's perfect, but I want to get it right. Now, the 15-year-old boy was found guilty of two counts of sodomy relating to the incident on May 28th, 2021. And why is it sodomy? Because it involves um, forced... <clears throat> um, um, acts in an area that is not a normal area, shall we say, okay? And that was related to Stonebridge High School, as well as another incident at Broad Run High School on October 6th of this year. There was also another alleged assault victim, but he was never charged. He is on supervised probation until he turns 18, this 15-year-old boy, at a locked juvenile treatment center. Brooks ruled to drop the boy from the registry in a Thursday hearing. Commonwealth attorney Buddha Bibaraj, who said prior that the boy was released from jail due to having no quote-unquote history of assault, argued that putting him on the registration was for the community's safety and well-being. So the Commonwealth, the, the, the state of Virginia is saying, yes, keep him on the registry, right? <clears throat> huh? Well, it turns out that um, that Commonwealth attorney elected in 2019 after receiving an $850,000 donation from, take one guess. Is it, uh, it, it would it would it by chance be a like like an NEA type deal like a teachers union? No, no, no. Damn. Okay. Spooky dude, George freaking Soros. <sighs> now. The attorneys defending the boy, William Mann, Jonathan Moore, and Caleb Kreshner. Now, that name is going to be important. Pushed the narrative that the boy was a victim. Kreshner said he is the center of a quote-unquote national media outcry and that this has resulted in the high level of scrutiny. We are setting him up for failure. We've never concentrated on the boy. We're not even giving this young man a chance, the board member also said. <clears throat> the 15-year-old boy has been cheated by the failure of the system. Oh, and you might have caught something I just said there. That's right. Caleb Kreshner is an attorney defending the boy <clears throat> who also sits on the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors. 
That's not a conflict of interest at all. Uh-huh. If I ever saw one. And Krushner is a member of the GOP. <sighs> you know, now, Pat, we have both said that yeah. we we believe in mercy and justice, right? Yes. These acts are not acts of somebody who just did something stupid that one time. Was higher than a kite, drunk, you know, some random hookup that they regret later on. No, this was planned. This was premeditated sexual assault. Not once, but twice. Now, do I agree that this individual should have the opportunity at some point in their life to get off of this registration? Yes. But there must be a demonstrated pattern of attending you know, groups, getting help, showing that he has reformed himself. Before this happens, because this individual is right now in absolute and total danger to every single person, every one of them that walks down the street right now. This is a predator. This is flat out the worst story that we have covered for some time. When it, since we've been doing this segment, this is by far the worst story that we have covered for a while. By far. Mercy comes with justice. And what justice is being served here? What justice is being served? He gets to be in a juvenile detention center for three years. Okay. Now, could you could you say, Pat, could you say that at that point in time we could reevaluate his sex offender registration? Perhaps. Perhaps. Why? Because I, I he is in a program, today. right? Right. But that must come with some strings. Number one, complete the program. Number two, and you must have a demonstrated period of time after that completion of the program in which you are compliant with the sex offender registry, right? Right. It's that simple. Now, do I know people who are on a sex offender registry simply because of they were 18 and dating a 16-year-old and mom and dad of the 16-year-old didn't like it? Yeah. And those laws are stupid and wrong. Right. This ain't that. This is insane. I, as much as, you know, yeah, I live in Chicago, but we are actively looking to get the hell out, right? If right. you are in Loudoun County, get the hell out. That county, its government, its schools, its everything is rotten to its core. How is it possible that this keeps happening in one county? Which, by the way, is like 
it's rural Washington, D.C. right now. Okay. It's about 45 minutes outside the city right now. And it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Right. But it is still very much a rural area in Virginia. Still very much is that. How, how the hell is this happening in one county over and over and over and over again? What in the hell is going on? Now, with that out of the way, Pat, it is time for us to play the B or not the B. Are you ready for today's headline? I'm about as ready as, well, Loudoun County to really say sexual predator. That's weird. Well, okay. Loudoun County is ready to do so. I, I know. So there you go. All right. Today's headline. Strong spike in Google searches for who is Neil Young. Strong spike in Google searches for who is Neil Young. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about the Andrew Coppins folks, it's Friday. It's the weekend. If you need a great pick-me-up, all you got to do is go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. They've got all sorts of great coffee and flavors over there. They've got coffee drops. Um, they are the official coffee of the Mojo Five O network. Uh, they happen to be um, some of Andrew Coppin's favorite flavors of, of, of great coffee over there from the Burl Hamilton, um, Washington, the Reagan, Doc's Bacon Blast, all sorts of great stuff. And if you need a pick-me-up going into the weekend, all you got to do is support a small local business such as American Pride Roasters by going to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That is AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Strong spike in Google searches for Neil, who is Neil Young. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer. This is a really tough one because I could see this being not the B, but also true. Um, but, uh, you know, I could see this being the B, but also being true. So I'm going to go with not the B on this one. Are you sure? Yes. You just lost us 50 bucks. This is the Babylon B. But is it not true? Is it not true that we, like before this week, the Googling of who is Neil Young was at this. And even if one person Googled who is Neil Young this week, it was a massive spike. Well, we'll see. The, the funny thing is, is that Neil Young has kind of fallen into this generational divide. Anybody younger than 30, who is Neil Young? Anybody between the ages of 31 and like 60 thought Neil Young was dead. And anybody that's older than that. <laughs> I was going to say, have you met my parents generation? <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, anyone that's older than that, what is Spotify? Good point. But yeah. also uh, secondary to this, Pat. Um, Neil Young or Bob Dylan, who's worse in your view? Who is the bigger horse's ass of a musician? Who is worse of our uh, parents slash grandparents generation? Damn, that's a hard one. In fact, you know what? I... You know what? I wish I would have contacted my uncle. Um, uh -huh. I have an uncle who is rather into the 60s, shall we say, um, without the drugs. Mm -hmm. 
at least as far as I know. <laughs> um, but Neil Young, Bob Dylan are probably two of his heroes. How? How? Yeah. Freaking Neil Young. Now, this was going to go into the fryer for me, so we might as well just just do it. Okay. Um, how many listeners on Spotify does Neil Young have on a monthly basis, do you think? I don't know, 20? No. According to the data, just north of 6 million per month listens on Spotify. How about that? Per month. What do you think Joe Rogan's numbers are? Oh, it's like quadruple that. It is almost double that per episode. <clears throat> From Newsweek, <laughs> Neil Young has 6,057,481 monthly listeners on the platform, while the Joe Rogan Experience is the biggest podcast in the world with an estimated 11 million listeners per episode. Again, per episode. And he releases at least three to four a week. So what you're Hundreds saying is- of millions of listens per month to the Joe Rogan experience. And I am somebody who listens at least two to three times a month to his podcast. So what you're saying is it really wasn't a decision for Spotify on who to keep and who to get rid of. No, that, that, that yep, yep, no, no, just, just all sorts of no. Um, hey, Neil Young, kick rocks. <laughs> or pound sand. But hey, you know, this is what it looks like when you cancel yourself, right? <laughs> I who knew that Neil Young was still alive? Right. Unbelievable, man. I mean, how dumb, right? Like what are you accomplishing by this? Like did you actually think this? And and it all comes from what? Vivek Murthy talking about the disinformation. And, and uh, that's our Surgeon General, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Um, Pat, his complaining, then Neil Young, then other people's com complaints about Joe Rogan and misinformation. I, I have an answer for all of you, for each and every one of you. Go on his show. Does Joe Rogan or not, a, like, he loves having people with differing viewpoints on his show. He does it all the time. Even people that disagree with him. He brings people that disagree with one, him on his show all the time. One of the most fascinating discussions was actually with, with uh, CNN um, health editor Sanjay Gupta. Yeah, I remember that one. They literally sent, spent an hour talking about weed. And by the end of it, Sanjay Gupta was like, oh, crap. He's not saying that he would support people smoking weed. He was just like, I guess that you have a point about some of the uh, statistics and, and things of that nature, right? Right. It was an absolutely fascinating listen. So 
Would you reach more people by pissing and moaning on MSNBC and CNN or going on Joe Rogan's podcast to quote unquote debate his misinformation? I, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Do uh, do as many people watch MSNBC as they listen to Joe Rogan's podcast? It would take just three episodes of Joe Rogan's podcast to equal the entire monthly audience of uh, MSNBC. <laughs> because on average, on average, on an average hour, it's about a million viewers, right? And of that million viewers, probably all of them are just watching MSNBC all day, every day. So let's just say their average daily audience is a million, right? 31 days, 31 million, 11 million. That's three episodes. You couldn't go, you if you were on MSNBC every hour of the day talking about this, you wouldn't even equal enough of three episodes of the Joe Rogan experience. <clears throat> CNN, it might take two months. Oh, does CNN have less than MSNBC? Yeah, MSNBC is the second most popular of the, the cable news networks. It, they draw about a million, mil, mil and a half somewhere in there. Uh -huh. um, Fox News is over th over double that, uh, closer to four, 3.8, four, somewhere around there. And uh, CNN is under a million for its advertisements. So if, if you want to counter quote unquote misinformation, right? What is the best way to do so? I, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. You've heard the phrase, uh, if you can't beat him, join him. Yep. You can't beat Joe Rog Rogan, so go join his, his show and then say your piece. And more importantly, would you kill his audience if you went on there and slayed him? No. No, you, yes, you would. Well, That's yeah, the actually, point. Yes, you would. If you, if, you did, if you did go out there and slay him, yes, you would. You're right. You're right. Because why would you listen to the Joe Rogan experience again if all of the things that he said were or misinformation? But here's the rub in all of this, Pat. They know that they don't have the truth on their side. They know that Joe Rogan would eat their lunch. And if he does so... It ends all of COVID stand. One podcast, uh, one Joe Rogan experience massacre of Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General of the United States of America, on that podcast. One experience. And Joe Rogan's like, oh, dude, no, this is, these are the actual facts. And your inability to pull up data and facts and and understand it would wipe out your argument from authority. Now I'm going to move on, Pat, because that that's insane. To right. <clears throat> Deadspin, did you see this um, this past weekend, Pat? Uh, you got to be more specific. Um. They told the NFL not to hire Mike McDaniel as a head coach. Why? <clears throat> well, the headline is, sure, Mike McDaniel seems cool, but he's not worthy of a head coaching gig yet. And by the way, we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator. 
Mike McDaniel. Not Josh McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Now, the sub-headline here, please stop and think before you inadvertently dub another young white guy as the next hot NFL coaching prospect. What do you think the problem with this is, Pat? He's white? No. Mike McDaniel is not white, per se. He's as white as Barack Obama. Really? Because he's biracial. Okay, so again, what's the problem here? That's the problem. Deadspin thinks he's just white. Why? 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 Why does it have to come down to race? Why? If he's qualified for for to to go coach a team, why not uh, let him go coach uh, a team? Uh, 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 uh. Well, guess what? After everybody piled on, um, editor's note: We learned after the publication of this article that 49ers OC Mike McDaniel, whom we described as a white guy, is in fact biracial. The article's original context or original text remains below. We regret the error. Hold the phone. So you're going to continue publishing the article when the whole point of the article is to call him a white guy and that white guys don't deserve jobs. Don't don't you don't you take down and retract the article and just issue an apology altogether? Yes, that is exactly what you should be doing coming from that world. Look, errors happen. I get it. But this is also from Deadspin, who um, thinks that uh, Candace Owens is somehow white. Oh, Oh, it's because she doesn't think like them. Deadspin is awful, terrible, horrible people. They're full of horrible people. Like, just awful. But beyond that, Pat, I think it is time for us, uh, since we don't have a ton of time left here, to uh, crown a brand new Richard of the week. So, um, do we have some intrepid um, nominations? Do we do we have somebody who is Richard like this week? Yes, we have four actually. Oh, um, so uh, our our first one is going to be. Joseph Marionette Biden once again um, why, for his why? well he called Peter Ducey an so a stupid sob okay okay so so we're, we're gonna throw him in there the, but then, there's more oh with well, Joe Biden the, there's uh, that there is um did you see what he did when they had the joint press conference with Stephen Breyer. Are you referring to when he took his mask off, handed it to Stephen Breyer, and Stephen Breyer pocketed Joe Biden's mask, which yeah. was ugh, gross? More importantly, do you think he even knew who Stephen Breyer was in that moment? Probably not. And then thirdly, um, there's a third thing that Joe Biden did this week, Pat. Oh, crap. What now? Um, <laughs> He is willing to violate federal employment law. And more importantly, the 14th <laughs> Amendment of the United States Constitution. Specific. Okay, so specifically, how did he violate the 14th Amendment? Well, you see, only black women are going to be allowed to be his Supreme Court justice uh, nominee. Right, that, right. that is highly illegal discrimination, 
based on sex and race. So not only does he violate the Equal Opportunity Employment Act, which is part yeah. of the, uh, the the 14th Amendment, by the way, um, uh-huh. not only does he violate that on racial levels, it is also sexual discrimination. You Seriously, shut the hell up and do it, right? Uh-huh. But as I pointed out on Twitter, as much as we know that he is violating this law, and here's the rub on all of these laws, right? Unless unless you have proof that this is actually happening, how do you do it? And then he gave us the proof by literally saying it out loud in front of a camera. They're not even keeping the quiet part quiet anymore, are they? No. So where's the lawsuit? This the, As soon as he nominates, as soon as that happens, you throw that lawsuit out there, you block that nomination, it stands in court for how long, Pat? Ever. It'll stay in court for at least through the midterm election. Right. <laughs> um, um, but let's continue because beyond Joe Biden, we, we've got one more here that we need to get to, right? Uh, Jim Acosta well, uh-huh. for being a total uh, look at me, look at me douche. And then we have this, Pat, from, um, from our friends up north. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. Next question what what the hell's going uh, on in canada in general by the way in quebec did you know if you're unvaccinated you have to have a uh um a special shopper alongside you in the store to make sure you're only buying food and uh medicine and with that pat who's the winner of richard of the week well we had we had anthony fauci in there as uh another nominee yeah uh, he's gonna jab winner, your two-year-old three times uh, by the way yeah yeah our, our our winner is going to be our I don't even know what to call him um, Justin Trudeau. Um, yeah, Canada is insane. Canada is yeah. absolutely insane. It is as insane, if not more insane, than Australia, Austria, and Germany combined. And with that, congratulations, Pat. Your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And Andrew Coppins is not as satisfying as a Snickers. Please be smarter than Pat Oni. Be safe. Be kind. Have a great weekend. And as always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.